0: I will talk about that a little bit more. We have a chance to stay in touch with this. These are the things that help us realign the physical world, the air, the trees. How many of you can see the trees right now? Okay, That's a a lot more healthy for you to look at than to look at me. (laughs) So please feel free. (laughs) The trees. And in my... Personal experience, I have just returned from some traveling. It's been a travely kind of month. And I was in Oregon for a Zen teacher's conference in about an hour north of Portland, surrounded by trees. My eyes were just captured by these trees, and the grasses, and the bushes. Trees. And then this last several days, until yesterday, I was in New Orleans trees and parks and water and green everywhere. It's an amazing experience and it's very important for us. Very, very important for us. So I'll say more about how to practice with that. But another thing, so I've just revealed to you something about my attention. My attention was uh, captured by these trees and actually, I I chose to let my attention go to these trees. So William James, great philosopher, said, uh, our experience is what we choose to attend to. So our attention is captured all the time, goes around all the time. And then our choice, our, when we bring some habit cultivated choice to what we attend to, that's our experience. Or it's just randomly running around, paying attention. We're not watching it. It's just doing what it wants to do. Uh, did you know that average, I heard Daniel say something about the average number of people here. That was a shocking fact. Very good fact. Here's an average shocking fact. 60% of our time is spent on screens. Average. Some of you, that means that some of you spend more time than that on screens. And when I was reading this shocking fact, uh, and I thought, surely not me. <laughs> 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 but I have to do research for you guys, and I have to look at screens, and there are fonts that we look at. So how much of that is, um, is determining our attention? How much of it is just habit to pick up, turn on, look at the screen? So attention has been studied by Western people for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it's been studied by Eastern people for also thousands of years. What is this thing that is our attention? What is it that we seek to focus on, um, in our introduction to Zen class that Royce and I teach, we always introduce the idea that there are natural meditative states that happen through the day. We kind of plant this little seed that you can cho- we can choose to put a little bit of attention on these natural meditative opportunities, like washing the dishes, like walking from here to that room, like... Uh, putting on your shoes, getting dressed, these are actually natural meditative activities. So if we can start to let those rise to consciousness, attend, and then choose to attend to it, the benefit just increases. But in our, uh, what I notice is that there's a lot of hope that we can control the focus of our attention. Many people say, I need to become more focused. I need to learn how to, um, what is it, discipline my mind. People say that word discipline. So I'd like to take that word and transform the meaning of discipline. (laughs) Basically, learning how to focus is something you're already very good at. But learning how to choose what you're going to focus on, learning how to change those, those habits is something we can offer. So how do we do that? Do we just attend to it and increase our focus, strengthen that muscle? It's like a muscle that's actually already pretty strong. How do we work with it in a way that gives it a chance to do something new? Trees. Mm -hmm. These trees are out there offering us a different world. When you think about trees, think of them. They're working right now really hard. Of course, they're enjoying the work to... Exhale oxygen for us to breathe all day long. When you look at those trees out there, they are as big underground as they are above ground. I love thinking about that. As we walk along under these trees... Not paying much attention to them because we take them for granted, which is okay. They really take us for granted. <laughs> We're walking along through those trees. Think about how much incredible life activity is going on in each one of those beings. Think about it. And then there are measurements about how much carbon they're sequestering for us, how much rain fought and rainfall they're protecting us from, all the work that they're doing. And they can live for a long time. Here on this land, we I was counting this morning as I was sitting there in Zazen, letting my mind relax, sorry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I was reviewing the trees that we've planted since we've been here. We've planted 25 trees. Isn't that amazing? Out of the five of those, one, two, six of those didn't take because they were in the wrong place or we hadn't really... Anticipated how much they would be shaded under the existing canopy, things like that. So five didn't take, but there's this really big pine tree out here in the corner. Big yes, yellow pine, uh, long, long, long leaf pine, pine, and when we planted it, it was two feet tall seven years ago. So now it's a gangly adolescent tree. Look at that magnificent tree magnificent tree and just think it's now i'm not good at this 40 feet tall something like that um so it's also 40 feet underground doing all this work for us it's unbelievable what they do and that they're communicating with each other and available to communicate with us so being with the trees is one of our ancient birthrights this this is a pretty green city actually. It's not the most green city on the planet, but it's a very green city. You'll never guess what the most green city on the planet is. So I will tell you, <laughs> Singapore. Wow. is amazing? It's like 70% green space. LA is up there in the top 10. It's like 20% green space. And then there are other cities around the world, which I can't remember right now. Japan is a very, very green island. London is very green. And interesting fact, um, it's 60% of the trees in London are planted in people's backyards. Isn't that awesome? So basically the trees you plant in your yards, the trees we've planted here, significantly contribute. It doesn't have to be the city providing these things. So 60% of the green space of the total tree population in London is backyard trees. Isn't that cool? That means that quite a lot of them are apple trees. (laughs) (laughs) So it could be any kind of tree. These trees just do their tree thing for our benefit. So how can we do something about this, our habits of attention, instead of just... um, Strengthening that muscle. Okay, I'm going to pay attention to this. I'm just going to pay attention to this. I'm just going to pay attention to this. And all of our attention uh, is funneled through screens or through solitary pursuits. That muscle is very getting stronger and stronger and stronger. No information coming in the back of our heads, just coming in our the front part of our faces. There is tons of information coming in all around us, but it's easy to tune it out because for me, right now, it's these yellow walls, these brown shapes. For you, it's the trees, so keep your eyes on the trees. Mm -hmm. There is actually now a practice for how to avail ourselves of this other kind of attention. So William James called, called it involuntary attention. Buddhists have other words for it. But basically, let's say this thing called involuntary involuntary attention is really important for your well-being. Oh, on the screen, there's Phil. Hi, Phil. We were just together in New Orleans enjoying the green space of New Orleans. So good to see
2: you.
0: (laughs) Um, There is this practice developed by... um, Who was it originally developed by? It's very widely practiced now in Japan. I think it was developed by a Chinese gentleman. I'll have to look that up for you. Forest bathing. How many of you have heard of forest bathing? Oh, my goodness. How many of you have done forest bathing? Everybody can raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> because you've done it. You just don't know. So, again, it's like putting your attention on it is enhances the benefit. Okay. So, forest bathing means uh, that we go into a forest and let the forest fill all of our senses, not just the eyes that are on the screen, eyes that are on the book, all of our senses. The sight, the sounds, the smells, the taste, the touch, and then the spacious consciousness that happens when we're with trees. Doesn't have to be trees, actually. We can get the same benefit, um, have the same experience walking down this esplanade, walking along the bayou. Our city is now really committed to giving us more green space because it's essential for our well-being, absolutely essential. And what happens when we're in that space not paying attention, not paying directed attention? In the forest bather's point of view, we're realigning with our original nature, which is to be basically a plant walking around. We're not that much different from the trees. We're realigning with our life force. Our rhythms change, our consciousness changes, all of our senses get to come alive from in three dimensions, we realize. (coughs) They say it's good to do it barefoot, but even being barefoot in here is giving you a ton of information. The um, information that comes through our feet is as complex and interesting as the information that comes through our hands until we start training our feet to be less um, informative. So we put them in shoes and them in shoes that have no suppleness. I do this too. I'm not saying you guys are bad people. <laughs> I have some fairly stiff boots also. But the, uh, the uh, talents of your feet are as great as the talents of your hands. Before we stop. Have you seen little babies? They can grab things with their feet. They can reach out and grab your nose with their toes if they want to. And then we say, you know. Don't grab my nose with your toes. (laughs) But they could keep doing it forever if we let them. You could keep doing it. You can train yourself now. So our land out there is going to be a place where this kind of green bathing is really possible so that you're invited to put yourself in this green surround. Again, trees but also expanses of green, bushes, your garden, and houseplants. When I was doing the study, I had the urge, because I'm a modern American, to run down to the plant store and buy some more plants. So, <laughs> and I'm going to. <laughs> there are certain plants like peace lilies, and spider plants that are really beneficial they really do transform indoor pollutants into oxygen they're really good and they work all the time bamboo indoor bamboo also really good many plants really want to be in there working with you so how do you do forest bathing would you like to know yes i wrote down the basic rules How to do shinrin yoku, forest bathing. The first one's really hard. Leave behind your phone, camera, music, and any other distractions. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Don't bring your phone or your camera. (laughs) Second, leave behind your expectations. Third, slow down, forget about the time. The recommended time is two hours. Fourth, come into the present moment. Five, find a spot to sit on the grass beside a tree or on a park bench. Six, notice what you can hear and see. Seven, notice what you feel. Eight, stay for two hours if possible though you will begin to notice the effects after 20 minutes. So this 20-minute mark is very interesting. This comes up a lot in our discussions about meditation practice because one of the things you can do in the forest is meditation, but it's a little bit different. So what is the right amount of time to meditate? This comes up a lot. If you can do five minutes, that's great. If you can do 10 minutes, that's great. 20 minutes, though, is one of these little uh, physiological markers in our bodies. And we are not in mental control of our physical reality. We can't control it. We influence it with our thinking, but it also has a time, a rhythm of its own. Going into the forest and not having a time limit going in there allows us to realign that natural time. So after 20 minutes, um, something starts to calm down in your mental continuum. What is it? What is it? Sometimes if anxiety is up, you're going to need another 20 minutes to reabsorb the little stress hormones. After 20 minutes, something's, something calms down. You see what it is without fretting about it. Your minds are vast and they contain all of these important um, factors, we would say. Thoughts, feelings, ideas, dreams, plans. Wonderful. So 20 minutes, something happens and you settle down. Thoughts don't stop, just like the seeing and hearing and Tasting and touching doesn't stop. We're not trying to make it stop. We're trying to let it align. So when you realign yourself in a forest, those trees are also thinking. We just can't hear them. But they're up there doing what they call thinking. We're realigning our privileged consciousness with that vast consciousness. You know, I was also in um, Peru recently. I went to Peru for—I'll just say it like American now—Peru <laughs> um, for the celebration of the 120th anniversary of the beginning of Soto Zen. There are other schools of Buddhism there, but 120 years ago, the people had gotten together and started, like we do. We start our Dharma in Espanol. We started our sitting group at Unitarian Church in Peru. They had a little sitting group. And finally, um, they asked if somebody could come from Japan and, and dedicate their sitting space, and it became a sotozen temple 120 years ago. But when I got to Peru on the coast, how many of you have been to Peru, Lima? Okay. Well, you know what it's like. It's brown. It's 100% brown on the coast. Not 100%. There are some trees fed by the glacial melt from the Andes. So there are little parks. But looking out this window, you would see a vast expanse of brown sand. And one of the things that we as humans really need, according to forest bathing, and think about it yourself, is... Uh, the vision of green is really important to us. Green, we really relate to green. One speculation is green means there's water nearby and we will find food. So, at some deep primal level, green means there's going to be some food nearby. Even the grass itself, we're really hungry. We can eat the grass, we can start nibbling on the pine needles. Pine needles are extremely pine, is And oaks, some of our oaks that we've planted in the back, are very auspicious because they work year-round. They're non-deciduous. They work to give us this aroma and this oxygen year-round for us and for all creatures. So the vision of green is primally important for us. When When I learned that, which was after I'd been to Peru, I thought, Think of how amazing it was for these 2,000 Japanese immigrants who arrived in two boats who had come from Okinawa and southern Japan—really super green islands—and they got off the boat in Lima. How are we going to live here in this desert? And yet they stayed. They built these beautiful farms. They learned how to move the water around. They created green oases there. And their Buddhist practice was incredibly important for them. They stayed in communities. They studied the teachings of Buddha and built communities, green communities in the middle of this brown landscape. So for us, not only do we need to align our our livingness with our green cousins, our green ancestors, we also need to we have a chance to relax this consciousness it really needs a break all of your consciousnesses really need a break so everything that we focus on, your experience is what you pay attention to what we need is a break from this focused attention realign 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 and then when we what we choose to pay attention to will be infused with this lovely relaxation we've experienced the lovely perspective we've received from spending time with giant trees again this practice zen practice does is not designed to take your attention and focus it on good things rather than the things you're focusing your attention on it's not about that it's about Relaxing, relaxing, relaxing your attention and then allowing it to come forth in a creative, healthy way. So um, it depends on sangha, the influence that we're all giving to each other, encouragement, um, steadfast support. These things come from sangha. But your sangha also includes the trees. They're out there. I think maybe we should start, First Tricia, maybe we should start leaving all the curtains open during Zazen so people can... <laughs> <laughs> and if you're meditating at home, please take advantage of that. Notice how far away from you are from trees, or rather I should say, notice how close you are to trees all the time. And allow those to come into your consciousness whenever you're near them. And bushes and flowers and so on. Allow that to be part of your, please allow that to be part of your experience.
1: I'm moving at tree speed now. <laughs> Many Many with the true merit of Buddha's way, beings are numberless, I bow
2: to them. Delusions are inexhaustible,
1: I bow to them. Dharma gates are
2: boundless,
1: I bow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsuppressible. I vow to become it. I will take
3: a break. Um, you're welcome to help yourself to coffee and tea in the kitchen and uh, we'll return for questions and
1: answers.
2: Thank you.
1: I <laughs> got I was supposed to invest the status <laughs> estu- uh, uh, really <glamorous> the <Cool. indung> <whmals->!! <air> I'm <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: not
1: Well, show uh, oh, um, kind of <laughs> I actually like <laughs> <I liked> <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to do to know, just it. I, don't <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> yeah. I just worry about <laughs> yeah. 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 So I will have to do my phone. Yeah, that's the next day for that. Yeah, <laughs> right. I that's what we're
2: offering. Yeah. 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 to the uh, that's
1: my students would the day off, I think younger people, have have more. You're a young
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, so it's so weird how, so you know, it's like, okay, and it's my mother's decline. okay, she was already 40, 41. this, you know, I'm trying to figure out
1: Here's <laughs> my, yeah. I don't think I'll have the same problem because I don't have it. There all these different things like having kids in your body and. <laughs> Uh, also that's right, that's uh, uh, You probably have a let it I definitely <laughs> no, so. okay. have That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, personal correspondence so, oh, yeah, is like, oh, you should just stay all yeah, sure sure. just <laughs> like and all like, well, that. You don't you know or no. I <laughs> 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 would not be saying. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there would be, guess, there would be more the week definitely. <laughs> well, We're <laughs> going <much> less than a <laughs> drive. <see>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's It's not as <laughs> good I I went out during the week. It like... It, what happened to you yeah i was just doing a lot of gardening <laughs> so did i go to did i i should be able to do that um yeah, no, okay, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. put Yeah. that's so, Yeah. Good. The to the of the <laughs> I not yeah. I Yeah. you I Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah
5: for me, too, but yeah, I, I think so, over the years,
1: I've got like, less I have no question. I yeah, you, uh, way. You, the right you still have to go in every day? No, the, work. Work. the green line was flashing I still work. That's, yeah. I don't know what happened. Oh so, yeah. Okay. You, you spent a lot of time. I guess in your past. No. 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 Still. So did you stick with your younger, I guess, uh, a lot of time on the roots? <laughs> so only it's 30% 30% so. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you store, think, yeah. 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 for Yeah. A I know. I started an order need to and so, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the job try uh-huh. to And when they go to the yeah. to, to, to the to 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 the you well, oh, am oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, noticed, like, I noticed that you oh, You're uh, sitting at the camp uh, to the here. Yeah. I
2: was like, yeah. This is
1: when I get to of that. Right. Change the Yeah, yeah. Last time we were trying to do that, we that Yeah. 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 Yeah this, this is
5: like,
1: very um, uh, yeah. 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 it's like very acceptable yeah. um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. well, 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 well yeah. so so I well, so, well, I'm going to 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 you look like you're warm, so that is Selfish, <laughs> <laughs> sure. He's <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Right. There you go. Yeah. Anything? You want to bring up? My Jay. Thank you so much for talking about our fellow brothers and sisters in the drama. The trees.
0: Oh, I meant to mention that your weekend out there is going to be in the trees. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is. And the grasses. I meant to mention that. Thank you so much.
1: Uh,
3: So just by chance, uh, last night, uh, a friend was visiting. And she had been reading a book uh, about the, the Secret Life of Trees, I think she said it was called. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned that because trees live so long, um, and like you were saying, you were demonstrating tree time being very slow. We, human beings, are like hummingbirds to the trees.
2: <laughs>
1: Isn't that
3: interesting? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you guys hear that on
0: June? <laughs> yes, good. Could you turn that down? There go. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I just wanted to share that long before I heard of forest breathing, and I don't know if I do in two hours, but to be in nature in that way and just be mm-hmm. is a really important practice for me, mm-hmm. for my sanity. Mm-hmm. And in my yard, I've been in the house 30 years. Five of the six giant trees have died in that time. I mean, no matter you know, I had to take out two recently because of construction next door. But anyway, but I, for me to sit in my swing and just be, is as important as it's, it's an important practice. Mm-hmm. But it's not just trees, particularly hummingbird season. I got them back this year since Harvey had mm-hmm. to be with them. This is as important as anything, and I just wanted to share that because it's not a huge Effort. Mm-hmm. It's
0: just a bane.
6: Mm-hmm. So thank
0: you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think um, it's one of the things that was important to me about Houston. And it's one thing we can be, you know, practice gratitude about. Our city is not bad about the greenery. Most neighborhoods, there are neighborhoods that need more trees. We have to pay attention to that. But um, we have... I, we have the opportunity to really bring our attention to it. This is important. This is a great thing. And helping expand it, understanding that we can help expand it, this opportunity for other people to have a natural source of something that promotes their well-being. It's incredible. Um, what was I going to say about you said something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many of you, of course, I'm in a diff- different generation, how many of you grew up in a more rural environment than you live in now? Yeah. How many of you have just lived in Houston all your life? It's easier
1: than
2: twice.
0: That's
2: both. <great. laughs>
0: yeah. Well, for people in my generation, yeah, people in my generation, mostly we grew up in smaller cities or places where there's a lot of green and now it's it's more common in the world to live in an urban environment your whole life like people who are born and raised in tokyo although tokyo has made they've taken advantage of the fact that they were bombed into oblivion in the second world war to build a lot of parks so knowing that parks are so beneficial helps people in urban development and city design build that in I
6: just wanted to share one other thing about the secret life of trees. Yeah. Is that the, there's been two big, I forget the second, but the trees communicate. Yeah. And their roots are very extensive and where they touch the roots of other trees. And sometimes it's about pest or disease, mm-hmm. they think. And so there really is a kind of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I just think
0: that's pretty awesome. I do too. Also, they say in this forest bathing book, they say they send out, but I can't remember the name phytocytes okay. or something like that, and then something those kind of communicate with each other. But those are also communicating with us. those little chemicals, I guess they're just chemicals coming and landing on us, and they go to each other also. <laughs> those nice. trees. Exactly, other uh, trees. The mother tree. Mm-hmm. The mother tree. Mm-hmm.
6: That helps in a stand in the forest. I guess it could be in the yard if there weren't. That tree's close enough. But
1: mm-hmm.
6: in that communication stuff, they had a sense there's a mother tree that helps influence.
0: Kind of like our grandmother. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Andy. Wow. Uh,
5: thank you for this talk. This is actually... I went to school for this. Uh, my degree is in urban forestry, so I could talk about Aww. I could talk about the, uh, forests indefinitely. <laughs> but um, what, what she was saying like about the mother tree? Um, there's an ecologist in um Canada, Doctor um, Sumart Sim. Uh, the but her discovery, one of the discoveries she uh, found was that not only do they communicate through their uh, through mycorrhizal mushroom networks through their roots Mm -hmm. but the whole mother tree thing trees can recognize their their genetic offspring and provide more support to them like like uh uh, she described it like uh parents giving um like money and groceries to their children away (laughs) at college like they they were able to like track it through like uh radiocarbon like through through the moving Mm -hmm. through the roots
0: It's
1: really interesting. I know, yeah.
0: Redwoods definitely do that. Mm -hmm. They send out multiple generations and they track each other. Amazing. Ben.
5: Thank you for the
0: reminder of this Mm -hmm. talk. Um, Just building on everyone's comments already, which is that there's
5: tree time and consciousness and communication. You used a phrase in your talk and move Moved on from it relatively quickly. That it was thinking as they experience it, or maybe I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you could say more about that because they are not considered sentient beings in Buddhism in a sense. But I think we do appreciate that there's something to their to the responsiveness and the interactions with their environment and their community. And there's so many examples have already been given.
0: Yeah no they are considered sentient beings no. yeah so yeah and again it's one of those things that in in our world there's such a sense of separation between us and trees. but in um, Japan, which I know more about than China, but in Japan they're considered part of the environment. So you build around them and you relate to them so these trees are part of the story. you just wouldn't ever harm these trees, except that of course, uh, you know, there are rituals that, that have to be gone through if you take a tree down in Japan and what you use it for. Certain trees are used for certain things. So it's like the way we think about animal life. Trees are thought about that way. And how they think, I don't have access to that. But I know they they have decision making. They have decision making, they have action. Um, do they have choice? Um, okay, Andy knows.
5: Uh, <laughs> I don't know specifically about trees, but there is research that shows that the plants are capable of making decisions and that they have preferences. Um, there's research on um, daughter vines, which is a parasitic plant that will attach itself to another plant and feed off of it. They have a strong preference for tomatoes and like <laughs> they've done tests. They, will, they, they think they follow the smell um, they'll attach themselves to whatever's close by but if they if they have the option they'll go for a tomato
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
0: know and I think that one of when you're when you're saying that I, I I watch my mind doing these things like well we're much more decisive We're we have all this clarity we make these very um, conscious choices that are easy to identify but actually that's not true we're acting on our instincts and just grabbing things that we like all the time we're moving toward and away from things based on deep biological reasons rather than you know i know i like this No, the body is pushing me toward that so i think if we do forest bathing um we can get back to that level of movement movement around yeah
5: Mm -hmm. So that really opens the door to my second question I wasn't going to ask, which is, (laughs) is is there Buddha nature then?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So your question is, does a tree have Buddha nature? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It is Buddha nature manifesting. So it is Buddha nature manifesting. And when you see a tree, you know that. This thing has as being. This is a being manifesting. So, um, Okay, what I'm avoiding saying is there's this issue about these big oak trees in Montrose, you know? They want to widen the sidewalk and take down those trees. (laughs) Maybe I'll go and chain myself to one of them. I I
5: feel like The amounts of value lost from the services that the trees
0: provide would would be greater than any value gained from the sidewalk. So agreed.
3: People don't walk on sidewalks here. (laughs) In fact, that's true. We're building all these
0: sidewalks. But if we, if you were in um, Japan, even in regular towns, where Carmel, California, the roads go around the big trees, Mm. so the sidewalk just goes way around. Yeah, it's like that thing was here first. Of course, we go around. Only a few giant trees were left in Tokyo after the bombing. Those are treasured resources. Everything's built around these big trees. So, yeah. It was more of a comment
5: coming back, you know, bringing our attention back to our attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard a different phrase of,
2: you know, a different way of phrasing pretty much what you
5: said about you know, choosing the attention. Mm-hmm. But it was more like, uh, you know, every moment we make sacrifices. Uh, when, we, when we're when we paying attention to something, we've sacrificed a lot uh, of other things that we could be paying attention to.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: And I think that phrase really opened up a different way of looking at it the screen time <laughs> what am i sacrificing right now you know mm-hmm. to do this yeah, exactly. and is it worth it mm-hmm. so i think i think that's a uh, you know when you think like that that's another reason and yeah, maybe i should look at the trees instead of screen for a few moments
0: right? oh that's really good yeah. and i think um Having just spent time with uh, Oscar, my grandson, and walking around these trees, it was so wonderful to be surrounded by these trees. Um, and I know the value of, of screens and phones for for everybody, not just young people. But it's a kind of a stress relief, so it's it's a soothing. But learning how to put the phones down and be soothed by this other these other beings is really important it's one of our opportunities we can be soothed by something else cuz stress you know stress really is a real challenge and um suffering and stress how many of you know what koan means koan koan a koan a buddhist koan is like a a little nugget of um of a mysterious teaching so it's a koan like ben just brought one up does a does a creature have buddha nature that's kind of a koan does it doesn't it does a rock have buddha nature mm-hmm. yes <laughs> nice. rocks have consciousness and when we're walking around with trees and rocks they have consciousness it's called do you know this it's called petri core it's called rock lifeblood so they're radiating consciousness too they really are big rocks um so the koan the Buddha's first koan, the Buddha's first uh, noble truth is there is suffering. There is suffering. That's the first koan. There is this thing called suffering. There's stress. Even if the Buddha was totally enlightened, there's still suffering. There's stress. It's a koan. And for us, too, there is stress. Like trees have stress. They have to grow up. You know, there's a tension and this growth. And we have to have stress because we're humans and we get challenged by things. And then learning what our resources are for absorbing the stress is is one of our cons. And one of the resources for absorbing the stress is that natural world. So if we can spend time there, it wants to absorb this. It wants our carbon dioxide and all these chemicals that we're sending out. That's what nourishes the trees. Isn't that amazing? So if all the stress-related stuff goes out, feeds the trees, and then they give us back oxygen. Isn't that symbiotic? Isn't that cooperative? Mm. Now we're doing tree mind. Yes? Maybe
3: um, others saw this article in the New York Times about an artist from Colombia named Delcy Morelos, okay. Del Cimoyos, and she is all about earth, brown, fragrant earth, mm-hmm. and she makes these gigantic sculptures that are kind of like labyrinths. And you go down into a basement and you see these mm-hmm. amazing earth earth forms that are there. There are pictures of it, and they're just so rich and so. <laughs> So, um,
1: <clears throat>
3: so anyway, but she—I just thought I'd bring this up. She um, said that I think she was invited to be at the Venice Biennale, which is a very prestigious mm-hmm. place to show your work. And um, she had these monumental earth forms, mm-hmm. and people were kicking them. Oh. she noticed that people were kicking them, mm-hmm. and um, that really upset her. That mm-hmm. we would that people would be kicking our mother earth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you earth. know, yeah. The, the earth mother that they would be kicking. So um and I just oh, just, thank you. Like how change. many times have I kicked the earth <laughs> without really pay, paying attention to it? You mm-hmm. know, so she decided to make her sculptures up off the ground so that people couldn't kick them. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <clears throat> yeah, it's really it's really amazing. She she said that um, that human beings are sort of walking, talking Earth. Mm-hmm. and we have weirdest Earth, mm-hmm. but we get up and walk around. <laughs> <laughs> but we still are, we still are Earth. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know that that article. So in the last couple days, it's really worth
0: really. Cool. Just this is a little little calming woman. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, for me, I. We are Earth, of course. We're salt water, also. A lot of us we're ninety percent salt water, so we're ocean and Earth and air and fire. Um, I can I can sympathize with it though. It's like children, you know, don't know how to relate to it. So you, you know, you put your foot out there. Don't know how to. You should hug it, but you don't know, so you (laughs) kick it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Wanting to make some kind of contact. Wanting to make contact.
0: It's like the way, you know, we've done a lot of prison work. It's like the prison hug, uh, bam, on the, you know, you hug, you can't go like this. You have to go bam, bam,
3: bam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in the forest bathing, there is more about earth and the suggestion that you go barefoot if you can out there on the earth, and it's really intense. It's so intimate to have your earth-made foot on that earth-made earth. So I want our land out there to allow that,
2: too.
0: Yeah. Jake?
5: Yes, I had a question, very near first time. Um, someone had mentioned over there that uh, asking about an inanimate, what, you know, Westerners would consider an inanimate object such as a rock, you know, mm-hmm. asking the question, does it have Buddha in nature? Then actually sort of uh provoking me to another question. There's something of a quote unquote, you know, uh man-made creation such as a building also have and nature? You know, I just don't know.
0: Okay, we'll just let that rest. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very good question. So it um do you think if a, a, a bird makes a nest, what do you think about what a what a bird creates? Or... I think that's a natural thing? Yes. Okay. And then prairie dogs build these elaborate tunnels and mounds that they communicate about. I think right. that's natural.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then if you go out into the backyard and get a bunch of palm fronds uh, and weave them together and make a little hut, is that natural? It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, you decide you want it to last for a while. So you get some other mud and you put it on and you kind of bake it so that it's got this shell, it's still natural. Right. Yeah. And then you really want it to be strong. So you melt down a bunch of ore and make these things and you put that in there and it's <laughs> going <laughs> yeah. 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 And then ooh, you figure out how to burn a lot of trees so you can melt down the sand and make glass. Right, so you want a window, still natural. <laughs> of course, it's cost you a lot of trees. Yeah. Oh, this sounds like a video game now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gather the resources. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's very interesting where that line is, where it stops, where it's natural, 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 and then there's some place where it—it's hard to consider that it's a natural thing. But we are just a bunch of birds making our little nests. That's what we really are. But um we we need each other, we need our colonies of birds to remind us, you know, where the line is, where it's helpful and where it's stopped being helpful. You know, we're really we're really good. We really want to give each other feedback. Don't we? Yeah. Help each other. I I was drawn one more thing and then we'll break. I was drawn for a while to this. I was following this guy, who what was he called? Oh God, what was it called? He was in Australia. Can't remember what it was called. Anyway, it was called Primitive Life, and he would just go out and build things. Like he would, no sound. Did you ever watch that? It was so. so fun. And he would make his own shoes, and he would just he would mm-hmm. just watch this guy going around in the woods. And then he he decided to make a kiln. So you watch him make a kiln, make some bricks. It was really fun. It was, it was impressive. If I had wanted to do it, I could do it. If I wanted to forage out here and you guys would have to restrain me. <laughs> but thank you, Jake. That's such an important question because it's our minds that make the distinction. Right. Yeah.
1: Steve? Yeah. Last I, question. I just
0: had an um, if I, if I understood
1: what you are saying. Like, so each tree... Is essentially a house, right? Or it's more of a community.
0: It's a community, right? isn't so it?
1: Yeah. Each tree is, like tree is a universe, community. Right? So there's all these universes out here. Yeah. Each tree stays with it. There's a balance. Yeah. And
2: then you see the squirrels and they cross trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The balance, but it always. Like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: It is interesting. Wonderful. And, but what Andy was saying, and Deborah also, was that they also communicate with each other and they take care of each other. So they're not isolated communities, they're their neighborhoods. So you kind of have to think about it when you plant a tree, it needs another tree within communicating distance to send out some phytocytes. Lonely.
1: Do you think they mourn? All the, they're cutting down all the
0: trees? and stuff? Do I think they mourn? Yeah. I don't know. Not all creatures mourn. Not all mammals even mourn. It's mm-hmm. like sheep and things, they're indifferent if their neighbors go away. Elephants really mourn, you know, mm-hmm. ma- other <coughs> whales. I don't know.
1: Yes, yes right. Liz. Um, to answer your question, I don't know if trees mourn, but I know that grass does. The smell that um, we smell when freshly mowed grass happens is the blade of grass releasing a chemical letting the other blades of grass know that it's dying. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh, that's the saddest thing I've ever done. It smells so good, doesn't it? <laughs> Not really know so much that it me.
5: tells them that they're dying. it's just, it a chemical that it tells the others, hey, we're under attack, but
0: we're oh, uh, Yeah, we're trying to let our lawn is becoming native uh, horse herbs so the grass is retreating.
6: Yeah, thank you for telling me that.
0: Can't wait to tell Royce. Royce is out of the land because there's a retreat going on out there. and He's Andy one of the most.
6: corrected won't. me. I'm sorry
5: sorry um, <laughs> um but also about the morning thing i don't know if they <laughs> mourn but trees like they did research for the trees if you a tree that got cut down in an old growth forest that's connected through the mycorrhizal network those the other trees will still send nutrients and stuff to it to help it stay alive even if it's cut down And it's weird to think about because in ecology, we're typically taught that everything is in competition with each other.
1: Hmm. However,
5: they think that the reason why these old growth forests help each other like that is because it's more beneficial for them to, uh, stay as a forest because then they create their own microclimate that protects trees from being blown down by wind mm-hmm. So it's beneficial for the group if they help each other survive instead of compete directly
1: Interesting. Thank you. So zoom. Yes um, Naomi Can you hear us Naomi? Maybe they are not allowed yeah.
2: to
0: Hi Andrew. Hi Phil. Hey Glenn. Oh my gosh, so Thank good
4: you. to see you. Thank you. Oh hi. I'm. I can unmute now. Hello.
0: I thought, I thought we were reading.
4: We asked them to put it in chat and then we'd read it. But okay. Um, I can. I can type my question. That's fine. Well, now that you're on,
0: let's let's hear your question.
4: Okay. Um, I appreciate bringing up um rocks and the like system um i'm a biologist and so um i i kind of have studied the ecosystems so this communications network is really um interesting to me and i um like i've spent time around mountains and mountains have um A presence, you know, and I think that there's, um, there is life in the rocks, it's just a much different time, time schedule. (laughs) Um, So I appreciate that, that we're also talking about rocks as part of the life cycle. Um, But, and, and part of my, I guess, my question (laughs) um, is about you know, um, when, when we're sort of forest bathing or appreciating, um, you know, um, well first, you know, like in a city in Houston, we need to have a place to do that. Sure. We can do that in like our backyard, but I don't, I don't have exactly a backyard to do that in. Um, so I need to go to a place, uh, to do that. And, um, I guess the, the sort of question reflection is about, um, you know, trying to, I guess this relates to the person who was asking about whether our built environment is also sentient or also has Buddha nature, I guess. Um, and so, you know, how do we appreciate wherever we are? Um, especially, you know, people that, that can't get to, um, they're in heat islands, or that can't get to. Uh, yeah, we, just good, just good. I I did list the
0: things that are also beneficial. Going to walking somewhere is good. Not none of us live in the forest who are here, and also houseplants are really good. Just being next to plants is is measurably beneficial for your well-being.
4: Great, thank you so much. Um, I also I guess I wanted to mention that. Um, in biology, uh, one of my teachers said that, um that the definition of a species is like it's just a hypothesis. Like we don't have we don't have a yeah. clear understanding all the time of what is a tree and like what are they doing? what we don't know. what they're doing. We can't necessarily detect that. So we make a hypothesis around it.
0: And all the categories that were
4: invented in the 19th century, like Linnaeus and all these people are
0: just totally arbitrary, basically based on size. If it's taller than you, it's a tree. But actually some trees are more closely related to broccoli than they are to other trees. (laughs) This (laughs) is (laughs) very So, we could be living in a humongous forest of broccoli. (laughs) But thank you so much, Naomi. Okay, should we take a break? Thank you. Oh, take a break and look at the trees.